this episode of the Danger Gnome Podcast, we've got Chris Stevens, the race director of the Borealis Fat Bike World Championships, presented by Pure Fuel. There's a mouthful for you. And then we catch up with our amigo Travis, the fat ambassador to Alaska and the Yukon Territories, where we talk about this and that and uh, Alaskan events. That's coming up right after this. Hi, I'm Rob with Bird. Bird has once again partnered with our friends at Onyx Racing Products and Head Cycling to deliver the Made in Minnesota wheel set manufactured entirely here in Minnesota. With custom hook flange Vesper fat hubs that weigh 235 grams less than the standard Onyx fat hubs, head big deal or big half deal rims, and Blackbird spokes, these are some of the highest performance fat wheels ever created. The Made in Minnesota wheel set is a rolling work of art and is now available for a limited time at birdspokes.com along with the full lineup of road, gravel, mountain bike, custom, and wheel rebuild services. Hey, it is your Uncle Gomez, and this is the Danger Gnome Podcast. We are super stoked because we have Chris Stevens, director of the Borealis Fat Bike World Championships, uh, and presented by Pure Fuel. Oh, I always struggle with that last part. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Appreciate you having me. So... I'm just uh, I'm just busy as all get out with all the races that are coming up. I am so super stoked because we're going to have a somewhat, it's seemingly, I don't want to jinx it, but it seems like we're going to have like a normal fat bike race season, which we should all celebrate. And of course, the the one that is the at the top of my list and top of everyone's interest are fat bike worlds. So uh, why don't you tell the folks... What, where, and when to get started? Yeah, so we're going to be on the same weekend, last weekend in January, just like last year. We're going to be in New Richmond at the New Richmond Golf Club. Pretty much the same show as last year. Of course, last year with uh, with us being a newish group to at least a large race organization, we uh, we certainly learned a lot and we had to invent a lot. Swing, swing from the hip a bit, if you may, and I think this year we're looking uh, looking forward to, I hope, exceeding expectation and delivering an even better show. I think last year we had a lot of positive feedback. I think we did a okay job with it, but I think uh, we certainly learned a lot and will be a little more well-oiled machine this year and hopefully deliver an even better experience for those and with a few new curveballs this year that are going to be super exciting for a lot of people. Nice, cool. The uh, I, I went last year. I thought it was a great race. I thought it was a good venue, a good course. Um, so I, I noticed I, I've been on your website. And I noticed that there's a there's a little change on Friday night. There's no racing or no because there was there was some sort of prologue last year on Friday night, right? Yeah, we had one. We had what we called last year an omnium. It was kind of a, a total of three events, and the fun. The first night was an obstacle course and kind of meant to be more of a fun night, a little bit of an equalizer to maybe take a little bit of advantage away from the elite racers for the total Omnium points. So this year we're going to simplify things a little. We're going to be more so based out of 45th parallel, which will be better for everybody, better party, a little bit more simplifying of logistics. And uh, I think just a better experience in general. 
Uh, the course will be mostly unchanged, but we do plan to have a little bit of a separation of races. We're going to have a women elite wave this year we'll, where the women will race amongst themselves. We'll probably have around 15 or so women racing for a championship just uh, in their own race. So they won't be mixed in with the men. And I think we had a lot of feedback that that's the way they would like to. Uh, I know. I know somebody. Have a great day. I know somebody that's going to be super stoked about that. I know our uh, uh, my former co-host and uh, and friend Lash Newberger has always been a big proponent of that and talks a lot about how uh, how being mixed in with the men really does affect the whole tactics of the race and it's it's a much purer race when you're racing with your own category and that's it. Um, so that's very cool. Um, the uh, last year, the the big question was, will the grooming hold up? And I think that you you uh, you definitely had great grooming last year. Um, so, it going to do anything different this year? Did you learn anything with your grooming? I I got nothing but positive feedback. Yeah. So in my, in another life, I actually was part of our local snowmobile community here and worked with grooming our trails. So. I guess we have a few folks with enough background knowledge to know that the more you groom, the better it's going to hold up. And of course that, that doesn't mean the week before, even two weeks before, but it can be, you know, very long term, as in a month before and so on and so forth. So we, we definitely spent a lot of time in the machines last year. My gosh, we, we spent a, we, we did a lot of laps around the course the week of, and heck, I was even in the groomer right after the race. So it was, it was fun. We enjoy being out there. We enjoy being out there in the peace and quiet at night. I believe we're going to be using the exact same two drags this year and two tracked power units just like last year. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have the course in as good a shape, assuming Mother Nature cooperates. And that time of year, as you know, is, kind of the cold time of year, coldest week of the year, so historically. So I think our odds in our favor that uh, we'll have a course this year that holds up as well as last year. Nice. My question for you is, can anybody beat Josiah Middle? (laughs) I think Josiah's beatable, but last year we let him get away. He was very savvy. He had... Him, so he actually stayed with me last year while he was here, and we talked a lot. And uh-huh. he's, he's such an honorable guy, such a nice guy. And my gosh, if you follow his kids at all, you can see they're following in dad's footsteps. These guys are beasts. But uh, I think last year we had a couple guys up at the front make mistakes early on, burning a few matches, and Josiah knew it. And we, when he attacked, nobody had anything left to go with him. So. Oh, man, yeah, and he won by... No guaranteeing. He won by, it looks like, 54 seconds or so. Yeah, um, he did. He won going away for sure. Looking at the at the results, though, I see you beat Corey Stelgis. <laughs> I think uh, a few of us were in a little bit different place fitness-wise than we may be come Berkey time. But, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Corey and I chatted a little bit during the race, and we... Uh, we both, I think, really enjoyed the day out there. Maybe not looking to uh, 
throw all down last year at Fat Bike Worlds with uh, with the time of year it was, but uh, certainly we had a great day and we rode our bikes as hard as we could. Very cool. And uh, Ed, did you switch to Borealis last year? I know you're you're racing a Borealis Crestone. Yes, sir. Yes, so I did switch to the Borealis last year, and my gosh, I really like the bike. It's uh, <laughs> I was apprehensive. Change is always difficult, but uh, the Borealis will take about as big and burly a tire as you want. And my bike that I ride right now is lighter than any fat bike I've ever owned, and boy, it's stiff and performance-oriented. And I do tell people the one detail notice uh, in terms of handling is the bike is just a hair more slack, which for somebody that's not super technically savvy with a mountain bike or off-road bike, that little bit of additional rake out the front seems to, uh, seems to help band-aid the lack of skills that a guy like me might have with handling a bike. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely helps. I, I've, I've yeah. been, I've, I've been kind of preaching the gospel of slacker slacker front ends are are and my strava has been telling me that this 66 degree head tube angle rocky mountain that i've been riding is just the fastest fat bike really the fastest mountain bike that i uh that i ride so uh yeah slack head angles keep up the good yes i agree i agree 100 percent slack and long that's how i like them so what wheels are you running on that bike I have the head uh, big deal carbons on my bike. Cool. Are you yep, running very anything, very light? Are you running anything sexy like Bluetooth shifting, ASX shifting, or anything? <laughs> I do have I do have the wireless shifting, and I I have heard from a few people that have struggled a little bit with batteries in the winter. But I think as long as you keep the batteries inside the shifters themselves in tip-top shape, the coin cell batteries. I think that's where people have struggled. I have had zero issues with the electric shifting. I have it on two mountain bikes. I have it on my fat bike, and I absolutely love it. And I also do something that many others don't. I have never raced a fat bike race, at least on a cross-country style course, on any other tire than a jumbo gym. And most people say, how in the world can you ride those on snow? Well, I guess we just ride them really fast on snow. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 the race tire, you know. That's, there you go. Uh, and I have to agree that wow, you know. But you know what? You're going faster than anybody else is. I mean, I I was just looking at the results, and it says here twenty one point three six mile per hour pace. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, so the Fat Bike World course, was it, it's fast. I mean, if we didn't have to turn around at the end of some of the fairways, I, I can't even imagine the average speeds, what they'd be. But I think the more eye-opening number actually is not necessarily at Fat Bike World, but at Berkey. Yeah. I think most people would agree that the Berkey is very hard. And I tell people often that it's probably the hardest course that we ride all year, and that's winter, spring, summer, fall. And for that course to be as hilly and hard as it is and for to still average over 17 on a fat tire bike is it's a testament that these things are really not all that slow. They can be ridden very fast. Yeah, I think that's the, probably the biggest misconception is I'm always 
you know, I, I ride regular mountain bikes, I ride gravel bikes, and I ride fat bikes. And all of my all of my single track PRs are on a fat bike. Although it's a very <laughs> slim and very light fat bike, but I mean, it's not slower necessarily. So But I you agree know, with this. People gotta think what they gotta think, right? You got it. That's one of the unsung hero things of the dreaded Strava is that it tells you stuff like that. So, um, folks that want to register, is registration open now for Fat Bike Worlds? Registration is open, and I do believe we will not have any trouble filling this year. So, I certainly don't want to tell people it's going to be hard to get in if they don't register in the next couple of weeks here, but I do believe we'll reach our limit. And of course we'll publicize that as we get close, just to make sure folks that really want to get in can get in. So we do want to limit. We want to make sure, uh, you know, even if it's 20 below and the course is hard as a rock, we want to make sure everybody has the best chance to have a good ride. And if we have 700 riders out there, we're going to chew up the course and people aren't going to have as much fun. So yeah. I think, uh, Limiting it's, I think, a, a good idea to make sure we put on a world-class event. Excellent. And last year, I was I was really happy to see that some of the folks came out in costume. And that's another thing that, that goes back to the original uh, Crested Butte version of Fat Bike Worlds, is that it really is a fun event. People are encouraged to not necessarily act all normal which i like yeah i think uh kind of taking dave's vision right from day one we've been very much on the side of let's you know let's keep his vision alive and this isn't about winning a world championship this is about making sure everybody can have have fun come together ride bikes have a good time have a party and probably drink some beer afterwards and uh, it's it is. It's it's just a super super fun family event, and uh, just uh, I mean it it's a it's a bike family, and that's what it that's what we're trying to get to get through here and make sure everybody knows that it's by all means nobody has to qualify. This is not any sort of former world championship, and we're we're all just out here having to have trying to have a good time and uh, put on a fun event for everybody to come enjoy. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I might actually race because you, you're. I'm like, I'm, I'm, at the lower end of the oldest age category. There you go. <laughs> so I might, I might have a chance to be in the top twenty. But uh, the other thing that that happens at Fat Bike Worlds is it's the Borealis Fat Bike Worlds. So the Borealis demo truck comes and you can get you know it isn't that for someone in wisconsin it might be kind of hard to find a borealis to test ride especially in the last few years here it might not be as hard this year but they come out they bring bikes and uh one of my buddies actually bought one of those demo bikes at the at the event so yeah yeah so they will they'll they will be there there will be a fleet of bikes i believe pushing the number of 40 or approximately and we're actually going to have a few early so if people reach out and want to come pre-ride the course we'll have a few bikes here early that can be ridden out there too and uh yeah they uh 
he was very good with his buying the last couple of years, and he has had better availability than most in terms of if you want to buy a Borealis bike, you can do that and not have to wait for two years. So he's been good. He's been great as a partner, and my gosh, he's a passionate guy and a lot of fun, and uh, you will absolutely see him at 45th parallel after the event, no question about that. Nice. And uh, I guess... If that's all about, I think we covered everything I wanted to cover about the race, um, about that race. Why don't you, uh, are there any other races other than maybe, I know Berkey probably, but what else is, is, uh, caught your interest in the fat bike race season for this year? Yeah, so I've, I've had a couple races elsewhere that I've wanted to chase for a few years, but, uh, I've got a, a daughter that's a senior now and one that uh, is just about getting her driver's license. They've been keeping us a little bit busy from kind of just traveling as we want and chasing new races. But there's a I, there's always been uh, interest in going and riding my fat bike in Yellowstone. There's mm-hmm. been events out in that area in West Yellowstone and also in the Banff area. I've been to I've been those areas with. You know, during the summer or vacations or road biking, but my gosh, and I, you know, I believe there's even an event up in Alaska, and I would love to go ride fat bikes there at some point. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but uh, boy, uh, if I could get out to one of those three or go, certainly next year if we're back in Colorado for Fat Bike Worlds, I can't miss that. So I would like to do a little bit more destination racing. I don't know if this winter is going to be that winter. Certainly. Mm-hmm. We'll look forward to Berkey for sure. Well, Anchorage in March is yes, sir. Definitely uh, should should be on your on your bucket list. Uh, it, you got it's, it. It's I've been fortunate enough to be there uh, three to go to Alaska three times in the last dozen years, and uh, oh wow, uh, so good. And the racing up there, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I, I had. I did the uh, Telkeetna Trio, which is also uh, a world championship. Uh, and at the start line, it was snowing like I've never seen it snow before. Like the silver dollar snowflakes just coming down <laughs> in the most copious amounts I've ever seen. Just crazy. Wow. Yeah, I would love to get up there someday, and uh, we're actually going to do a family vacation to Alaska this summer, but that will not be fat biking, so definitely on the bucket list to get up there. It's nice when your kids get old enough to drive, because then they can drive you to the race. There you go. (laughs) Have my own chauffeur. You bet. (laughs) Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about the race and about your race bike. I look forward to seeing you there at the uh, Borealis Fat Bike World Championships presented by Pure Fuel. We didn't even talk about Pure Fuel. Oh, they've been a very, very awesome partner for us for many years, and we're uh, we're super happy to have those guys on board. Derek's always at the events himself, promoting uh, on behalf of the Anderson family and. Steve, honestly, is one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. So it's uh, it's just been wonderful having them on board. And I think they're starting to get around more and more. I was just speaking some with somebody today that uh, was taking pure fuel handoff during Grandma's Marathon. So they're out and about, and they've always been super wonderful and supportive to us. So it's always appreciated. Well, very cool. All right, mister. 
that's it for today, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look for you at the uh, at the big race. You got it. Looking forward to catching up. All right, my man. This All right, Gomez. Have a great day. We'll see you. Bye bye. Catch soon. See ya. Bye bye. Hey, it's your Tio Gomez, and it is the Danger Gnome Podcast. And on the other end of this telephonic machine is Travis T-Bone Hubbard, the Fed Ambassador to Alaska and all of the Yukon Territory. Hola, Senor Gomez. <laughs> What's up, Travis? How you doing, man? So good to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since uh, we've had you on the program. And, uh, you know, uh, winter is uh, winter is coming. So we thought we would uh, get you on the phone and uh, kind of the, the, in the, in parentheses here, we have Alaskan events as, as what we're going to, what we're going to talk about. So. Hell yeah. And, and, you know, being a resident of the uh, great state of Alaska, uh, I don't have to say winter is coming. It is here. Yeah. I saw that you said, uh, you said it's time to pack the trails, and you had... Uh... Yeah, we finally got a good shot of snow. You know, we had a couple little uh, weak ones that came through, dumped a couple inches, but that was, you know, at least uh, on top of frozen dirt. So, you know, got a little crunch, the wonderful crunch of snow uh, coming under the tires, right? And that was back but... in October. So winter starts in October there, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, we got a shot in October, and then it melted out. And then uh, recently we got a, you know, a couple inches here and there. And then, uh, but last night and today, uh, fresh six inches. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I saw your post and uh, I was like, your, your caption said, time to pack the trails. I was like, time to pack a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that was my well, of course that's before you pack the trail <laughs> that was my that was my my retort humorous retort <laughs> uh, i always wanted to be a stand-up comedian but apparently like it's really hard on on uh on fat guys so <laughs> fat comedians commit suicide so I'm not going there. I'm thinking maybe there's a future in funeral director mortician. Yeah, that's, that's a good field to be getting into, people, I do believe. People are dying to use those services. And, I mean, all the boomers are going to die. So I may be, you know, draining fluids and pumping people full of formaldehyde soon. And looking very sad. What did, what did, oh yeah, yeah. You should when you're doing that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like you, you have to stand around and watch people cry and go crazy because their loved one died. How depressing that would be. Yeah, maybe stand up comedy. No, man, you just stay in like the embalming room, you know. <laughs> let, let the director take care of all the family issues, you know. <laughs> oh man, I could sell coffins like nobody's business, though. I mean, the platinum model really is uh, distinguished, much like your husband was. <laughs> oh wait, your husband was a cyclist. Wouldn't any? I don't think anything but a titanium casket will do. Did <laughs> I know? We, Moose should start making caskets. 
But anyway, I digress. That's a dumb joke. Sorry, Moots. Make bikes. Do whatever. Don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, keep making bikes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm riding a fat bike by Moots right now. You know, testing it, riding it. Yeah, I spied that on the Instaweb. The Forager. I uh, pretty I, bike. It's really subtle, though. I think that if you have a bike that is that high end, it should say Moots. It, it, <laughs> the labeling just doesn't show up in pictures very well. That's but. If it were my personal bike, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is cool because it's like the sleeper, like like 10 beers, so you can hardly see any badging on that bike. I have to work right. to get the badging to show on that bike because it's all black on black. Well, dude, you know, when it, you know, if some junkies ripping off two bikes, you might take your buddy's old Pugsley <laughs> instead of the titanium forger. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. See? But, you know, I try and stay away from junkies. But you never know. Yeah, everybody tries to keep them away from their bikes, but they travel <laughs> on stolen bikes. <laughs> so, dude, uh, I heard uh, I heard Alaskan fat bike racing is alive and well. Yes, yes, it is alive and well. Uh, there's there's a few events coming up. I saw uh, you know Greg's the Telkeetna Trio World Championships was already announced. Yeah, I already got the cabin, brother. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep, we've already got that book, March 18th, Talkeetna Trio, the original one and true World Fat Bike Championship. Oh, my dad. Oh, I have to I have to disagree. There's just there's like five five world championships. It's like the fifth yeah, dimension. But, we the- but uh, Talkeetna Trio is the coolest one. Yeah. Uh, it was the first, <laughs> so you know. All right, you got to come up here and knock us off the mountain, you know, so to speak. <clears throat> Indeed, I'd like, I'd like to see. Well, I bet you that dude that that has won, he might have won every one of the Borealis World Fat Bike Fat Bike Worlds. I forget his name too, but he's from Colorado. He came to Wisconsin and. Sp- Banked all the all the fastest guys in Wisconsin. <laughs> all right, yeah, dude's coming from ten thousand feet where he's training. Yeah, he's like, oh, this air is so thick and rich. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. I'm sure, well, I'm sure he'd like to talk either. there. He should come up and try out the original Fat Bike World Championship. <laughs> Indeed, he should. Absolutely, because as you all know, it is an amazing event. So cool. Yeah. I saw a guy in like a bearskin coat race that race. <laughs> it's like a whole group of partiers. Plus, there's a huge party in the middle of it. So yeah, Shangri La, and and last so he, Greg rerouted the course uh, last year, reversed it, and mm-hmm. added in a new section at the end, and it was amazing. Uh, I really liked the whole new layout and the new section at the end is, uh, you know, so the front part of the course kind of fell apart. Uh, it was a little warmer. And so I figured it was going to kind of be a punchy type of day out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and with the reroute, you basically 
run the course reverse to Shangri-La and of course stop and have some beers and then, uh, head on up the Ridge and on the backside, the new section, uh, you know, as I got into the woods, the trail just started firming up and it was kind of getting better and better. And then that last section that, uh, that was all new was just like the swoopiest James Bond downhill, coolest, one of the coolest things I've ever done on a fat bike. <laughs> it was awesome. And there was, you know, I did it <clears throat> completely alone. There was nobody in front of me, behind me. And I just ripped through there so alone. It was absolutely amazing. So, yeah, Greg said he's going to keep the course the same this year. Nice. We did a, uh, a Halloween ride last weekend. And in a group of, I don't know, there might have been 10 of us on the way back. I don't know whether it was the celebrations that were going on in my brain cells or the fact that it was just like a 50-degree, completely still, slightly foggy night. It was just effortless pedaling in perfect formation. It was just one of those things where it's riding 10 beers. It was, the ride home was so good. Like 10, mi- <laughs> 10 miles back to the to the to the truck after smoking a big spleef and oh, it was too good. And my light, like I, when we before we went, in, went out. <laughs> before we went into the nightclub, I leaned my bike up and it it ceremoniously like slammed on its side and broke my broke my light mount my my bar mount and I was only running a bar mount because we're on gravel trail right so right. and I had a backup light. But I didn't have a light backup mount, so I rode next to a young lady named Melissa that had these new outbound lighting lights. Holy crap! It's like driving my like driving my Toyota, man. It's just like car lights. Beautiful outbound lighting. Right. You know, I I said to the young lady, I'm like, well, you've made your Tio Gomez jealous. And that doesn't happen very often, <laughs> you know, with bike gear and all, because you know, I get all right out of everything, because you know, you got to. So yeah, yeah. And I'm put that dude, up in the show notes. I'm looking for a brighter light. <clears throat> yeah, it's made in the U.S. right in Chicago. So uh, yeah, it's got that going for it. Right you. down the street from you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and speaking of, she said we were talking afterwards and. There's some cat from Milwaukee, bike uh, mechanic dude. Uh, I, and I, his name escapes me, but he works at Trek Store of Anchorage now. So if you, right. if you go over there and say, "Hey, who's the mechanic from uh, from Milwaukee?" You'd be like, "Hey, I was talking to some people that know some people that know you." <laughs> you know how that goes, right? And he'd be like, uh, "Are you a?" Are you a stalker? You like, oh. and then hand him a bottle of barley wine, twenty-two ounces for the ride home. There you go. Welcome to Alaska, brother. Yeah. So, what else is going on? You got the uh, the frosty bottom. You got the. Uh, uh, I heard that there's yeah. a big race there. That's like a thousand miles or something. Yeah, so I did uh, check up on dates for you. There's uh, a few fat bike events going on in Alaska this winter. <clears throat> I'm sure 
uh, what I'm about to tell you is not a complete list, but yeah, the uh, Truck Store of Anchorage is having the Truck Winter Fat Bike Series, which is kind of cool. It's a point series uh, over three races. And uh, December 28th is the Merry Masher out at the Mirror Lake uh, Trails. And then on February 4th is the IC River Rampage right here in my hometown of Eagle River, Alaska. Caw, caw, caw. Uh, it's kind of cool. It's the one day a year you can ride the nature center trails. Oh, nice. And I, yeah, I did it a couple of years back and, uh, plan to be at that one this year. And then on March 4th, uh, first is the blue, uh, booty blitz, which I think that's kind of a hot lap circle race thing at, uh, Alaska Pacific university, cool. 7 PM. And then, uh, Bill Fleming. ITI kick, yeah. Bill Fleming. Yes. The, the, uh, the great Bill Fleming. Is, uh, Super groovy Bill Fleming. Yeah, nice dude. He's a nice dude. And he's having a... Yeah, the only real series uh, going this year is the Trek one. Nice. And uh, that's in conjunction with the Chugach uh, Mountain Bike Riders Association. And then uh, Frosty Bottom, uh, Anchorage Classic, January 14th. 10 a.m., uh, 25 or 50 mile deal. And then ITI coming up on February 26th this year. Nice. The Iditarod Trail Invitational. The granddaddy of them all. Indeed. Yeah. See, and, the, and that's, that's the race, man. Every other race is just riding around in circles. Yeah, no, that's, that's really super hardcore. You might die shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's also, isn't there, isn't there like a run-up to that race that's the, uh, it's the, I did a something, but it's it's close to I did a ride, but, but it's not. We'll have to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, they're still doing the I did a bike. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's, it's um it's before yeah, the ITI. It is before the ITI, I believe. Well, nice. yeah, I'm not sure if they're like doing the Homer Epic this year. That's like a every other year down on Homer, they do a, like a hundred mile race on. They groom out up in Caribou Hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I have such good memories. That's where. That's where. We met. That's at the, where I met you. Yeah, yeah, the big fat bike festival. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other race that are, or festival that I think is really cool there is the one down there in uh, Valdez. Oh yeah, yeah. I've not had the chance to check that out. That's um, yeah. That's some crazy stuff going on in Valdez, but. It's like a North Shore flavored uh, Alaskan mountain bike fest. And that's like all the way, it's really late in the season. It might even be in April. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I thought that was late March, April, which would seem like a good time to do it when you're trying to do that downhill thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that, that people 
I tell <laughs> Unless this, you get three feet of snow overnight, <laughs> it, that <can laughs> which happen. happens in Valdez all the fucking time. Uh, well, you know they have a they have, uh, they have people that they have their own like snowcat there, so they can they can get after that grooming. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Rich well, Lofton, yeah, shout out shout out to Rich Lofton there in uh, in Valdez. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to look that guy up next time I'm down there. So the other, what was the other thing? Oh, what I was going to say is I was, I'll tell anybody that's listening is don't go to Hawaii in March. Don't go to Mexico. Go to Anchorage in March. Just get your, uh, what do they call those? Bed and breakfast nut. Airbnb. Airbnb. Just rent yourself a nice split-level home and live in Anchorage for a month and ride your bike every day. Tell your boss that you will telecommute and then just say, oh, they don't have telephones in Alaska. Yeah, and even if you were super fit, uh, badass, and you spent four weeks in March riding, I can't say you'd hit every trail. Yeah, it, it's just super amazing maze of of wandering, twisty, perfectly snow groomy fun. It's like every- it's such a mix, you know. So we we've got this huge paved bike trail system, you know, throughout the city, and they. You know, they, they, uh, they plow, you know, they, they blow it out and in certain places they actually groom it. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's you know? like groomed for skating, but yeah. on those trails. Yeah, but you, but you there's ride. so many, you know, our, our trail system in Anchorage quadruples as soon as the ground freezes and the snow hits. You know, all these swamps you'd never ride, you're riding. All these places you're going and riding and having to kick ass time on a fat bike, there's no way you would even try to cycle there in the summer, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, it just explodes the whole system, and there's always people punching new stuff in. Yeah, it's like everybody turns into the uh, into a grom and makes their own trails, and it's not frowned upon, and... Uh, it's well, it's you and the and the moose out there. Yeah. Well, how about uh, when you last visited? Uh, I got to show you around my uh, private uh, trail system I had there in a place that I shouldn't have been. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Um, you know that was uh, yeah. There's stuff like that all over the place. Yeah, we we rode some super fun stuff with some super fun people. It was good. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. There's you a place called Whiskey you Island. You need to return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where there's whiskey in a stump for anyone to drink. And people show up and get drunk. <laughs> it's good stuff. And there's good tacos in, in Anchorage, too. So it's got that going for it. Yeah. The tacos. Good seafood. Yeah. Although, did you hear they closed down the Bering Sea Red King Crab Fishery for the whole season? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's devastating be- to that's the Alaska economy and Washington's economy, where a lot of those crabbers are out of. Right, it's going to um, bankrupt some families. Like, it's what are they yeah. going to do? I don't know. Yeah, vote. Okay. That's what we can do. Yeah, well, we can. We can also take a year off from fishing them, I guess, and then hope, hopefully they'll. Yeah, I hope the stock comes back. Yeah, that was really weird. They thought they they're not sure what the hell went on, but the state officials were really shocked that it was that crappy. What do you think the uh like what would what would foster the romance of crabs? You know, like Barry White music for humans. Um <laughs> It's a better, better question for. Probably. I guess I, I guess not rock lobster. Uh. <laughs> probably we should get uh, we should get SpongeBob SquarePants on the show for to answer that question. But we have not yet Travis on the phone, so let's forget about crabbing. Any uh, any other races coming up, or what? Have, what have you got planned for this winter? You know, uh, I don't have anything planned, laid out, concrete, uh, except for the trio so far. So, uh, objective is to ride a bike and have fun, and that season is here. And, uh, you know, winter riding is my favorite of all time, so... Yeah, plan on uh, riding a lot of the Anchorage trails, uh, maybe checking out a couple of these other races that are, you know. You ever going to get out to the, to the Glacier? Yeah, yeah, that is, a, that is a goal. You don't have and to go right up to the, the face, you know, where it's scary and it makes noises. Because I know when I was out there and I did it, you were like, oh, no, no way, buddy. I'm not going out there. No, no, no. I remember, I remember yeah, uh, dealing with some work crap and uh, would have loved to have done that. But, yeah, I did give you the warning that, oh, by the way, at any one moment, <laughs> 5,000 pounds of ice might fall on your head. Uh, but out there, it's pretty chill, right? That was good. I don't worry. Yeah, I don't worry so much about the face of the caniculation. Not that it, you know, uh, isn't of danger, but. Um, it's not like the one down in Portage, uh, Lake, right? I don't know if you saw that video several years ago. No. Uh, oh, I think you said it to bi- me. Yeah. Yeah. Fat bikers riding on Portage Lake and they were like maybe 500 yards in the face of the glacier and it's just like massive, you know, like five story building, but like 20 building wide section came falling down. Right. Yeah. And, the, and it the- just. Oh, the ice was, you know, the huge wave and the ice is cracking and they're all getting fucked and thrown around. That was scary. Yikes. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not a big fan of riding on uh, a lake that would do that. Yeah. That looks scary, but it didn't happen when I was out there at the Kinnick Glacier. It was a beautiful day. It was super cold. Oh yeah. You, you hit it prime. It was good stuff. With Christina. Yeah, Christina Grande, and uh, what's the name of their Alaskan Adventures? Bike Adventures. Bike Adventures, there you go. Yes, yes. 
Well, someday I'll have to get back up there. Yes, you will. And, uh, Why don't you come to root- Wisconsin and smell our dairy air? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, funny you say that. Me and my wife were just talking about a Wisconsin trip. Um, her sister lives in uh, Wisconsin. Really? Well, yeah, we sure, always visit. Well, so, you like, always have a, you always have a place to stay. And you know, yeah, and you as well. You know, the Hubbard Hotel awaits. <clears throat> and now we got a new hotel. So yeah, Eagle River, man. Well, yeah, and we have we have good Bandito trails here too. I bet you have good Bandito trails there. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm getting ready to explore that. And there's a, uh, um, you know, there's a, a Fat Bike uh, Facebook group out here that I do plan on connecting with here this winter. Cool. Because I know there's a lot of Bandito stuff out here that I have no idea where it is, but I know it exists. Well, cool. So, time to be a local, join the locals, and find those skinny little tracks. Well, thanks for updating us on the Alaskan fat biking scene. And uh, it's good my to pleasure. Have you, it's good to have you back on the show. Yeah, it's good to be back. Look forward to uh, doing it again soon. Lot to uh, you know. Yeah, now it's now that you uh, know. Now uh, we'll have to do some post race shakedown. You know, danger gnome update. Indeed. Well, you can uh, do that in, in a future show. Thanks for being on this one. And uh, let's. Come on, we're still close to be at the top of the notch. We'll see you again. Sounds good, brother. All right, man.